work week, am I right? But do you know what would make it a little bit better? Doing church on a Sunday and then listening to a podcast about the sermon. Welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, a production of Liberty Church Collingswood. Each week we'll spend some time unpacking Sunday sermonics, and we hope that you'll be able to connect a little deeper with the message and the messenger. It's a win, if we can make your work week a little less blue. House Lights Down. Welcome to the 2022 edition of Mm. the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem. I'm Emily, the wife of Jim Anger, who's here in front of me. Hello. I have peeled myself away from trolling Indianapolis Colts message boards about the <laughs> self-immolation of Carson Wentz. Right. I'm taking a little bit of time out from what is now my day job to do this podcast. His athletic name, by the way, is username is Jim A. <laughs> Could be anybody. Creativity runs deep. I've just <laughs> I've just doxed you. Sorry, Jim A. It's you. Um, <laughs> all the all the little Jim Jimites, whatever. What what do you call your followers? <laughs> Great people. Oh yeah, your how the levels are running to the athletic right now. <laughs> um, Jim A. Mm-hmm. Spelled J I M A. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm active on Philadelphia sports articles and Carson Wentz articles. Oh, yeah, Happy New Year. Places. That's your uh, year's resolution is to to keep on the troll goal. <laughs> Anyway, welcome here. Uh, this is the space where I get to sit down with my husband and actually mm. talk to him. That's right. We haven't talked since mid-December when we did the last podcast. It's been a, so. it's been a long, who are you? While. <laughs> um, and I get we get to chat through your sermon and what's been going on through your your brain. That's right. Yeah, fun times. Um, and gosh, there are so many ways I could start this one. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna start with my shout out. Oh. I know I could. I could have saved it for like later. Right. But um, I'm sipping my americano here in a in a mug. Mm. That um, it looks you describe great. It? So I'm seeing a lovely lady holding a porcelain mug with a mug of yours truly on it. A pilot project of potential merch coming down the road. This was a gift from. A good friend of mine from my old church in Texas, John, I love the mug with my face on it. It's the photo from the Post Sunday Blues podcast art, and my hair is looking spectacular. <laughs> so the, the Howlin' Wolves, uh, yeah, you don't get shout-outs really at the beginning, but if you send Jim a mug of himself, you, you will get a shout-out. Uh, let's not overcomplicate this. It's pretty easy. Yeah. Um, also, I just, for the record, want to say that John came up with the merch idea like way before you came up with the merch idea. That's right. Like, this summer, practically, he was like, "Do you have, do you have the the photo that you took?" Um, so anyway, so Great you've been an, you've alike. been announcing merch, but actually, John had the merch. I was actually sitting in my closet when you were announcing it, and I was like, <laughs> mm. um, "Oh, the dramatic uh, irony!" I yeah. had no idea. Yeah. So, um, happy New Year, happy Christmas! Thank mm-hmm. you for thank you for this gift, John. I I think I love it just as much as Jim does. And let's <laughs> let's stop. Can't be true. Tangenting, um, tangenting that way, and tangent back into your sermon, where there's actually lots of lots of tangents that I could start off with here. Lots of uh, where do you want to start <laughs> on this call at Stormy Monday? Oh, where you, you oh, tell okay. me. Let's start with Groundhog Year because, I mean, you you had to have known that someone came up with Groundhog Year before you. Do we have proof of that? Yeah, we have at least the Washington Post on January 1st. And oh, really? There was another uh, Wash Post and then somewhere, I think it was Politico or something. Uh, that's already 
escape my brain. So you're at least number three, if not, I yeah, scooped by the washpo. Again, <laughs> always the post. Well, it's also Jeff Bezos it's rag. also kind of kind of an obvious thing because we do we are facing the groundhog year. It's it's true, and that that I think is has been on your brain. It has been on my brain. So if I didn't invent the phrase. Number one, I'm disappointed. Number two, that's what we were talking about last Sunday when hopefully I'm not alone, just feeling really bummed out by COVID. And I mentioned during the sermon M as we were coming back from our Christmas vacation in Western PA, just the feeling of driving back to what again is a scaled down reality because the surge is surging. Right. And um, I think that in, that every Sunday, that's kind of what you're doing. But this particular Sunday, um, you have you were you were kind of positing as your first New Year's sermon. Yeah. The first sermon kind of I don't know. Is it the State of the Union speech kind yeah. of some uh, you call it an unofficial one. So in some ways, the couple of sermons that Eric and I did around Christmas and New Year's were years in review sort of things and then this sermon from Psalm 129 was looking ahead to 2022 the sad irony being that 2022 looks a lot like 2021 right and you know in our household it was coming I I was in the car well actually was not in the car with you but <laughs> the same <laughs> the same announcement Clan uh, has hit, exceeded right one car family for trips it uh, it hit our emails at the same time announcing to our kids that they were going virtual again was met not with like anxiety or shock or or just well there was dismay but more like yeah they just were resigned and I think um that feeling of resignation like okay here we go again um yeah it's certainly been in our household and I guess you're observing it with other people you're speaking to yeah we've had our first couple of COVID positive cases on on Sunday morning, which nobody's freaking out about. And I think we've done a good job of being careful with COVID, but just another indicator. So so it's not only angers that have had, well, I guess a lot, and a a lot of people at Liberty Collingswood at this point, and then in our community. And so what we hoped would be a ramp up for this coming calendar year just feels like a, feels like a ramp down. And I wanted to to give some voice to that. I I use the word venting, um, and hopefully it didn't sound too too crass. Uh, preaching is cheaper than therapy. We all know that. However, and part of the challenge um, with a sermon like that is I am trying to give voice to some of the negative feelings and frustrations related to COVID. Hopefully, it's an opportunity for people to unload and not simply be loaded by my own baggage. So I was trying not right. to make it worse, but instead give people an opportunity to say, hey, yeah, this really is not what we would love for our lives right now, but here we are. Right. And I guess like one of your questions here in this section is what are you excited to see God do? I, like, what is the hope? Like, as you are, you were, you did make a, a pretty um, disclaimery uh joke extended like that sermon your sermon preaching is therapy for you cheaper than therapy <laughs> um <laughs> what's the goal as you're unpacking these things for yourself what what are you hoping happens for us the listener and for yourself do you mean specifically with 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 last sunday's sermon yeah i think one of the one of the gracious gifts of being a follower of jesus is that we're able to 
know that our emotional lives are inhabited by God's Holy Spirit so that we don't exist in spaces apart from the presence and hope of God. So really, what I was trying to do was, so to speak, draw a circle. And if everything inside of our circle is the discouragement related to COVID, uh, superimpose the circle of God's care upon that. So this is one of those sermons where there just wasn't a whole lot of do this sorts of application. I mean, I said, hey, let's pray about it and let's 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 long for heaven. So I guess there was some like conceptual stuff, but it mm-hmm. wasn't a whole lot of like go out and do this or do that. But let's be with each other and know God's presence as well in the midst of the pain that we're feeling. So sure. that that was that was what I was hoping to do. And, you know, that doesn't solve pandemic, that doesn't solve COVID, but if we're able to take some steps towards feeling like we're not alone on our own islands with this, maybe God can work in those, in those places. Sure. I think that, I mean, you were also addressing that some of this, the Groundhog Day nature of this, it's uh, bringing about different uh, emotional states for people. So some people are in the resigned, I guess we'll do this again. Um, some people, I don't know, I feel I was so draggy yesterday, like feeling like the, uh, we have to do, like, what do we have to do again? The spinning the wheels. Then yeah. other people are kind of angry and, right. um, they're more likely to, uh, kind of fight over, I, I guess it's been so there, you, you, we've been doing this so long that, that all guards of yeah, politeness are, are down. down. Yeah. So I've been, you know eating the popcorn emoji while watching the Facebook uh, neighborhood posts um, about how we're dealing with this with our schools, with our businesses, all of that. So you're... um, We're just worn down. I think that piece of trying to give us a framework of hope and a framework of the Holy Spirit does seem like something to do. Like I need to actively hold on to that. Yeah. And I think framing might be a good word, Em. Part of what I hope the ministry of the word preaching does on a week-to-week basis in the life of our church is that when we go to church on Sunday morning to worship God, among other things, the sermons narratize our own lives and give us an interpretive frame. So it's not experiences and interpretations apart from the spirit working with the word, but within it. So yeah, this sermon was an attempt to reframe all of the gunk and junk that we're feeling right now. Yeah, makes sense. And you, um, speaking of the specific sermon and the mm-hmm. specific passage in Sun Studios, we look at mm, the specific passage. The Lord. You talked about um, this psalm as a song of ascent, which I guess yes. I'd heard of before, but maybe not everyone has. But that concept of um, this song is being sung as people are, are on a long uh, journey. Yep. It feels... It feels um, yeah, or tell me more about why you picked this particular psalm. Yeah, so a song of sent 15 of them towards the end of the Psalter. I've, I've heard them described as road trip songs before. It's so like a mixtape for the road. These are the psalms specifically given to Israelite pilgrims going up to Jerusalem for the appointed feasts. What was your road trip song? Uh, because we did take t- separate guards oh. to our Christmas vacation. Uh-huh. What, what did you guys listen to? I listened to... Uh, 2012 Bruce Springsteen the E Street Band uh, show in Minneapolis and St. Paul in the middle of the first leg of the Wrecking Ball Tour. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know why I asked. Yeah. What, <laughs> what did you listen to? I listened to uh, whatever other people wanted to listen to, which was for Clara, like um, musicals, like Hamilton music. All and right. then the yeah. road back, I have no idea what was going on. I personally was also listening to uh, the Ringers Higher Learning podcast. Right. Okay. Van Lathan, Rachel Lindsay. Yep. Were you listening My to any? My inspiration. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, no Post Sunday Blues? I did not listen to Post Sunday Blues on oh. my road trip. I okay. yeah, I guess are we road trip? Are you saying that we're the Song of Sense? <laughs> 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 As people are on their long journeys to work. The Post Sunday Songs of Ascent. <laughs> yes, it's your Monday it's or it's your rebranding. Wednesday morning morning Song of Ascent to listen to the podcast. Yeah. So what makes this particular song of ascent, Psalm 129, interesting is that it's a song with a lot of hardship in it. Greatly they have afflicted me from my youth. So I love the road trip feel of songs of ascent in general. And then specifically with Psalm 129, hey, we're feeling afflicted by a pandemic right now. It feels like we can find some points of contact. Right. Um, what about what about this specific psalm? Like what? like choosing the song of song psalm of ascent psalm mm-hmm. and song um the the I, I didn't i had to like really stare at it for a while to see lament i mean i think it's definitely there but mm-hmm. like um it's not as as um directly calling out yeah that's for fair help um so what is what like i don't i just taking behind the scenes and how you specifically choose something right with this sermon i went back to my old preaching log to to re-preach an old sermon because i was coming back from vacation and (laughs) in psalm psalm 129 is a sermon that i preached years and years ago at liberty collingswood and oh song of ascent psalm Psalm 129 it's a liberty collingswood repeat even you're not even going back well, to like... Well, hold on. Wait, it's not the full story. <laughs> and when I opened and said, okay, I'll just re-preach an old sermon on some, Psalm 129. When I looked at the psalm itself, I said, hey, there's a lot of current... I see current inter- intersections with my feeling bummed out about pandemics. So I didn't even go back and re-listen to the old sermon or look at any of the old notes. I decided to write it fresh. But why I landed on Psalm 129 was because I was hoping to save some <laughs> to work <laughs> hours and preach, a, preach an old sermon. It, 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 it didn't work happen. out that way. But when I read, so, so yeah, this isn't specifically a lament psalm as much as just in a more general sense, a song about affliction. And when I read the first couple of verses, greatly they, they have afflicted me from my youth. Let Israel now say greatly they have afflicted me. Uh, we're feeling afflicted by pandemic. And I do feel and sent some lament within, you know, like verse three, the plowers plowed upon my back. They make longer their, their furrows. There, there is a conceptual feeling of, Hey, the world is not right. And this is not fun for us right now. So I I think you can get there in terms of calling it. I wasn't questioning like, it was a good question. I just was more like, how did you pick this of all the Psalms? Right. And there was a, a simple answer. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was trying to, you know, make money off of my own royalties by preaching an old sermon, but it didn't work out that way. It didn't work out. Yeah. No, it did feel it did feel fresh. I didn't I didn't recall it as a 
rebrand, although I'd heard some of the stories before. Howlin' Wolves will be interested to know that Emily remembers very little of my sermons over I'm listening now. That's true. Well, for for the I, record, I don't remember my sermons very well either. Clearly. So there's it's always always on to the next one. Okay, um, so you're you're looking at this passage again. You yeah. are um, you are finding that it's speaking something new. Um, yeah, and and our particular moment is kind of new. It's not for us. It's new. Um, you framed it in um, kind of lamenting two th- 2022, mm-hmm. um, and like this generation what what our generation is going to face what the upcoming generation is facing um, versus previous ones yeah um yes so that feels like a little bit of context to me uh in terms of muddying the waters should we jump into muddying the waters one one final thing i'm about presence of the lord's son studios i that verse three that i just mentioned the plow is plowed upon my back they've made long their furrows It's it's a striking image of physical bodily affliction and towards the end of the sermon I was interested when I looked at a couple of commentaries for the suffering servant of Isaiah to be referenced here where where the suffering servant whom the New Testament reveals to be none other than Jesus of Nazareth the Messiah right uh, tortured and afflicted in similar ways and so even though we have our own afflictions the crucial affliction for our salvation is the fact that Jesus carried his furrows forward all the way to the cross. So sure, and there is some, that, there that was is a neat little connection that I was happy to make textually at the end of the sermon. Right, it is very visual and very vivid. Yeah, and it does, like you were saying, call um, call upon slavery in our in our direct memories yeah, as well as important to mention that um, as well as other periods of history and just that our period of history although it feels very oppressed yeah is not actually as oppressed not the end all all. and so that is more of the muddying the waters too Mm -hmm. um sorry that i jumped ahead (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah as you're as you're constructing the sermon we're talking about the stage we're at but um what specifically are you trying to engage here the pandemic yeah so (laughs) We're here. Yeah. I, Again. I intended this, you know, even though Groundhog Year may have been stolen from my coinage by the Washington Post, this the sermon represented some continued summary thoughts that I have about pandemic continuing to wrestle through. And I think it's really hard. So one of the points that I tried to make was that COVID is confusing because it's not that bad all the way to like being super bad all at the same time. So there's this continuum of death toll continuing to rise and the waters, the, the death waters of COVID keep creeping more and more closely to our front door. When sure. We, you know, we know more friends and family that have died from right. from COVID and then deep hardships, whether physically or otherwise. And so you have that end of the, this is really, really hard spectrum. And it seems like Omicron is a more contagious, but less savage variant. And so people that say, why are we going through all of the, all of these paces and protections for something that for most people is not worse than the common cold. That That's an argument that to me is Right. I don't I have strong feelings about, hey, this is the exact right way right. to do COVID. 
into lockdown versus not lockdown. But it's true that COVID is not that bad for most people, but then it is bad. So it's just this pinballing back and forth between COVID flooding all of the channels with with affliction. Right. I tried to get that across. I don't know. If so I it's did. difficult. It was difficult to construct because COVID is actually a difficult scenario that we're yeah. facing um, without an easy answer necessarily. Um, and lamenting that is also also feels kind of difficult um, where there's lots of there's lots of aspects of it to lament. Um, when you were talking about lament, uh, mm-hmm. defining it, um, figuring out how to like be be um be sad without without blame you i think you mentioned and then at the other on the other hand to um not just turn a blind eye to something that um that does feel like an interesting call to our particular people and our particular because i do have those two tendencies to either blame bureaucracy or inefficiencies or whatever on our temporary afflictions or to just feel like escaping and just being somewhere else in my brain if not in my person yeah um so i i sense that um as my own drifting and um it does remind me of last year's call to lament um racism and Mm -hmm. uh the 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 things in our heart that um yeah, I don't know. That word is just interesting to have to sit with again. For sure. And I did make the point during the sermon, and this is something that I think is more clear in my mind now even than when we talked about lament during the last Lenten season in relation to racism and systemic injustice. It's possible that lament has an entree to be a really interesting category of suffering and pain as we engage such a tribalized and polarized culture because lament names the pain and the affliction, but doesn't skip straight to the blame. Sure. And I think there's something, blame is like junk food, where it's it gives us an immediate buzz and rush, but the more we just blame everybody else all the time, it, it becomes less good and less healthy for us. And that I did say that the flip side is we do need to name injustice and harm, and there is accountability for wrongdoing and all of those things. But I think for a lot of us, as we fight the COVID wars on our social media feeds and otherwise, there is just a lot of scapegoating and blame that, that doesn't really work for human flourishing or community at all. Lament allows us to say, hey, this is really hard, but without finding the voodoo dolls and the scapegoating all the time. Right. And then you spent a, a good amount of time connecting um, prayer to that too. Prayer yeah. is a part of the response. Um and lament as part of the prayer, I think. Yeah. Um, talking more about prayer and how, how do you feel like that, that changes us or is a solution to pandemic? Well, I think, it's a, I think it's a slow cook, but then again, so is pandemic. So this is a, this is a French cooking style of being human where we, oh, we had a great French meal in Collingswood last, last Friday night, speaking of, speaking of slow June cook, June BYOB. BYOB. It was awesome. On the corner of Collings and Haddon Avenue. I think for me, a lot of the time, when, things, when something has been not going right for a long time, it just becomes annoying white noise that doesn't really engage my prayer life that much. So if there's this long-term thing because nothing's really changed, 
I just go and pray about things that are new and shiny objects in front of me. But in part, this sermon was calling us back. There was a title of a book that I read during sabbatical by a pastor named Eugene Peterson, Long Obedience in the Same Direction, which is a great title. And as I think about it, that was a book on the Songs of Ascents from the Psalms. Just a coincidence in that case. But praying through the long arc of this pandemic is a long obedience in the same direction where we continue to sit with God where we are as opposed to sitting with all of our mess and our sadness apart from God. So yeah, keep praying in those spaces. It's not a magic wand. So there's a difference between Christian spirituality and magic. It doesn't Mm -hmm. make it go away. It doesn't make us feel instantly better. But I think um, for both you and me, many of the mothers and fathers in faith, the people that we admire are the quote unquote prayer warriors that pray right. about the same things over and over and over again. Right. And that's countercultural because we are on to the next thing so so quickly when the news cycle continually refreshes. No, let let's stay here and be be a slow cook people. Right. And you were also trying to address the context of the skeptic. Um mm-hmm. so like when we talk about prayer and lament being the solution for our own hearts, it, it definitely resonates. Um, how are you trying to address the the skeptic to all of this? So stereotypically, and I'm not saying this is a stereotype that holds for everybody across the board, there can be this idea that, hey, if you're a Christian, that means you think everything's awesome in the world all the time, and being a follower of Jesus is this quick fix where... You don't have to worry about anything anymore. Uh, that's an oversimplification of the Christian Wish story. Wish it were true. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> but instead, because we're feeling this affliction and pain anyway, identifying lament as hopefully a low bar and easier on-ramp into saying, we can engage with God where we are. We don't have to get to a different place first. And I think for a lot of people exploring spirituality, sometimes it's the big ideas, sometimes it's the great concepts, but then other times it's like, hey, my life is kind of crummy right now. God, if you're there, can you help? So trying to identify that as a possible engagement point with faith. Sure. And, uh, you know, the reality is like if if Christianity was about the everything is awesome modality, um, then then it doesn't resonate as true. And like... So the idea that like Christians are lamenting Mm -hmm. this time period and sitting in it and um, neither uh, casting it aside as just nothing nor um, just placing blame on, I don't know, China, whatever, (laughs) politicians, um, that, that, that there is, there's someone more that we can call on that someone does have a purpose for it. Yeah. Um, Either that or it's Groundhog Year forever, right. which is possible. Yeah, very true. <laughs> and the, the, the other thing that comes to mind from muddying the waters, and a lot of people are talking and thinking about this, but the whole idea of what will be the effects of COVID long term, assuming that there will be an end or an endemic phase to, to COVID, thinking about our own kids, thinking about young people, uh, this does seem like it'll be... A tectonic event in the lives of especially younger people but not already is yeah but but not not confined to the young people and 
I continue not to know what life is going to look like five or 10 years from now right. in ways that I've never faced as an adult before. And we didn't face it as knowing. a kid. I mean, you, nor you as a kid to, either. Yeah, yeah. You talked about nine 11 being a formative part for a lot of us, but not all of us. Right. And not, um, this is much more formative, yeah. I think. Yeah. For more across the board for in more a people. Dr- yeah. In a direct, like everyday life changed. Yeah. Type of way. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about, I'm nervous about the long-term effects. Fearful about it. Yeah. Lamenting. Having to trust God for right. it. Um, and with that, <laughs> should we close there? <laughs> close the dark Woo! spot. We could go. And, uh, let's just turn to references. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I said that okay. was the last thing that 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 was penultimate. I did try to identify through the image of hunger pangs. Yeah. How if our you, current yeah. distress. <laughs> let's have some hope here. Treat yeah. treat our current distress as a hunger pang for heaven. Talked for, about for cheeseburgers. cheeseburgers. Yeah, I I did call you, Emily, after church and say, <laughs> "Hey, I was talking about cheeseburgers during the sermon. Do you want to go go, go get a cheeseburger?" I was like, "No, like, I've no. already eaten my clam chowder." Right. I was like, "Well, can I run and get a burger?" And you were like, "No." <laughs> but little did I know there was muffalata for dinner. Yeah, so it, I need to watch your out. sodium content, Mister. Oh, I, yeah. How many relatives are listening? <laughs> Stop. My sodium content is great. Um, yeah, so yeah, and I didn't, I, I did not understand. Speaking, we'll we'll jump into bar band cover tunes. Yeah. I didn't understand your Jack Bauer connection to the cheeseburger. Like, was he wanting a cheeseburger in one of the epi- like one of the? No, the the connection there was. There's not time's a always running out. There's not a connection. And I see. I, I have this like timer in my. In my belly. You need one every twenty four hours. I mean, I would love one every twenty four hours, but if it's been a, if it if it gets to like two weeks, How three long weeks. Has it been? How when was your last? I haven't good had a burger. burger. Did you eat one on vacation? Uh, December thirty first. What were we doing then? I was with my dad and my brother oh, at the, the craft house. It was a nice burger. It was cooked rare. It was in Western Pennsylvania. And it was called something like the Iron City or something. So it had the burger, but then also nicely fried prosciutto and fried pepperoni with smoked gouda and also served with a sunny side up egg that I asked to hold. I'm Wait, not an egg on egg a burger. and pepperoni? Yeah. Yeah. I asked him on to, a burger? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not an egg on burger guy. Helen will just okay. tell me if, if you you're an to, egg on burger guy. You really guy. need to start checking your high blood pressure. Okay. <laughs> Colin Will's right in. Yeah, I'm not sure he he should be allowed to eat a burger with pepperoni. It was <laughs> if it was he's glorious. not checking his high blood pressure every yeah, day. Maybe maybe that's the true meaning of postmortem. <laughs> um, let's really not go there. Also, the Jack Bauer. I still though I don't think that worked. That I was just left wondering like, wait, did I miss something in 24? Like, I know I know I didn't. I don't think I watched all the series. Yeah. But no, okay. there's well, no cheeseburger pursuit. Not everything okay. lands. So, uh, if, moving on, what you had. If your... a reference doesn't succeed, just keep yeah. using it. That, oh, well, that's the bottom line. Right. So you referenced your joke philosophy at the beginning. Yeah. Um, hit mm-hmm. me with a joke that has not landed before. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Let me... <laughs> I love playing stump the gym. <laughs> well, I'm, I think I I'm, scored. I'm, uh, no, I'm. I'm just using my like. Is this appropriate filter right now? And it keeps getting <laughs> keeps getting snagged. <laughs> uh, 
you know, if, it, if you're, it's hitting your is this appropriate filter, that's probably a clue as to why the joke was failing to begin with. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I yeah. got anyway, r- your rule of comedy apparently is failing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what other? You had a lot of quotes. Oh, you're... Your comedian Jim, whatever Jim Gaffigan, did, did you get, get that? It got a lot of laughs. I recognize that you were referring to a comedian. Yeah, and no, I didn't actually get the reference. Yeah, I don't think you've watched Jim Gaffigan. He's he's somebody that in I'm the middle of a bit will stand-up comedian. take this high-pitched voice and give like a meta commentary as people what people in the audience are saying about who was his laughing. Comment. Pulled it so far away, I, I can't. One of my regret. I do like where we are in Holy Trinity. I think aesthetically, it's very pleasing. But I'm so far away from people that the the haptic that. feedback in real time is hmm. is reduced, unfortunately. Or maybe you need glasses. Clara told me that people were laughing, though. There were people laughing. Mm. I was I was suspect of them, all of them. So I was, yeah, <laughs> I was I was hoping that the Gaffigan reference would take that enough people had seen Gaffigan. I also mentioned. And this is bar band cover tune. Stephen Wright at the beginning of that bit, he was a one-liner comedian who would do stand-up for like half hour, 45 minutes, hour. And it was just one-liner after one-liner after one-liner. Kind of oh like, my gosh. I have prescription glasses, but yesterday I was walking down the street and my prescription ran out. So unfunny. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Love unfunny. it. I, I yeah I can't I, I do have a channel for stand up comedy I I do enjoy uh, yeah. stand up comics yeah. the timing the patter the how you build the joke how you call back to the joke it's a uh, it's an art and a science aspirations there we go yeah so sermon your sermon writing is like your act of both going to therapy and being a stand up comedian well I would flip it around I actually think more preachers should watch stand up comics to get some, <laughs> get get some rhetorical. <laughs> That's a rhetorical mojo. So when you're, yeah, when you're the preaching preaching professor, uh, you're gonna assign professor Steve of homiletics, Jim yeah, Gaffigan, Jim Gaffigan, Stephen Wright. It'll be part of the curriculum. Oh my gosh. Okay, moving on. Uh, whoa, 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 scanning, scanning. What? No, scanning. no, no. Oh, wait, no. So we're staying here, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm just scanning for okay. my reference. Little, I, I put things in quotes when it's reference a reference. Um, Look at you, you have a system. I mean, it's a little obvious. I guess so. I, Silver Linings Playbook that jumped right a Collingswood. Of it's a Collingswood special right there. So well, so Silver Linings Playbook. Matthew Quick, author, wrote that book in Collingswood about Collingswood. So I keep on meaning to read reference. it and watch it, but yeah. I haven't. It's a great movie. I haven't. I haven't actually read the book. Yeah. Do we have it? We don't have it. No one's. The book. Not, yeah. I don't think we have a copy of it. No. Hmm. hmm. <laughs> But did, did it get good reviews as a book? Like, was it was it? I learned about the book from the movie, so I was not aware of the book before it became a movie. So is that you're saying no? It's not a good book. No, I'm saying I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about all books. Why is it not on your list? <laughs> Tell me why. Because I saw the it. movie. <laughs> I don't understand. You're my source of information. I haven't read about Lord books. of the Rings. I saw the movies. I haven't read Harry Potter. Things. Saw the movies. Okay. I, Sometimes I don't know. I do that. I have, um, I have, yeah. I'm, I, I have I'm, lots I'm of other reference you. things, but tell me the other references you want to highlight. Saul Bellow. Come on, baby. Uh, oh. You, yeah. 
Saul Bellow in the house. There is a Belovian quote from the beloved Bellow where Joseph, the main character in The Dangling Man, his first novel, was doing a little bit better, had a crummy life, but then heard some music from Haydn that brought him back into a place of suffering and humiliation. The music showed me that I was still an an apprentice in suffering and humiliation. I think I'll use this quote again because I like it. And because I didn't write it down. (laughs) You know, when a quote doesn't land, it's not just comedy. So many things, just repetition. Surely no one could plead for exception. That was not a human privilege. I got to ask Micah what he thinks about that philosophy. (laughs) Yes. Well, (laughs) Okay. Bella was saying there that to be a human is to suffer and no one is exempt from it kind of true mm-hmm. and and then also the mark Ro- rogup quote about lament which we talked about earlier from a really good book we with me that deals with racial realities yeah. in the church and in culture bigger stuff mm-hmm. um and you were referencing your your previous sermons too in that point yes <laughs> self-referential Co- covering all the favorite bases. types um <laughs> guitar slim pickens any leftovers I think we have all of it. You have you heard me say the joke cheaper than therapy before? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I say it a lot. Fine. Like, and I actually, how it works? It's is more that flexible. What your, is that what your therapy sessions were like? Like just you talking, like a sermon, <laughs> preaching a sermon? That would be, you know, I'm the one that's paying, so <laughs> you know. I mean, it is like you're. I guess the process of like writing the sermon for you is you figuring out what's going on in your head which is part of what therapy is because a lot of times people don't know what they're thinking mm-hmm. is that where we're going with so it so <laughs> you're 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 coming around i never denied it i was just trying to understand it yeah well cheaper than therapy is one of my stock jokes so it's not only preaching is cheaper than therapy but you can you can use that in a lot of different contexts you know why do you get so angry when you drive well it's cheaper than therapy why why do you why do you eat too many cheeseburgers and raspberry Jelly-filled donuts. Well, it's cheaper than therapy. It's hilarious. Oh, love it, Jim. Hilarious. Mm. Um, so nothing, nothing you wish you could redo. Nothing. No other behind-the-scenes information. We are not. backstage with the sermon, and we have covered all the bases as okay, far as guys. I can see. Um, for our encore, Howlin' Wolves. I think you had one. It wasn't. It was about uh, you and Eric, right? Yeah, came to the Liberty email addresses, not postsundayblues at gmail But thank you for the person that wrote in that said that they enjoyed the bookended sermons from December twenty sixth and January second. Eric and me doing our years in review, and Eric said this during the sermon. And I thought it was. I thought it was wise of him fun of him to do and to say that he specifically not that he had to have listened to my sermon beforehand but he specifically made a point not to so that people could go back and compare compare notes about overlaps uh, about year in review and and dissimilarities so if any of you would want to do a rorschach test personality wise similarities and differences between eric and me you have those two sermons aside from your wardrobe contrast Sure. <laughs> um, One of these days, Eric will dress out of season like I do, and it'll be just fine. <laughs> Come to the light side. Uh, good stuff. Uh, let's 
Yeah, for a, if you want to write in, if you want to just text. Come on and generally. write in, 2022. Uh, it's fun to engage with other people. Yeah. Um, just because it's, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Podcasting and, is fun. And then also wanted to just remind people that the blog, we, we talked about the blog a little bit in in December. but yep. But that is another Place content for you. push where you can find touch points and engagements. Oh, and if you have, in terms of you the could also write in about your blog until you start another podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you have any thoughts about the blog, post on blues at gmail.com. <laughs> and and I'll I'll uh, either answer questions about the blog on the pod or the blog. So we'll Is see. There, or oh, if you, you want have any a, topics or do you have a comment section? We do not have yeah, a comment yeah. section. I thought that was your philosophy, except for you like to write comments on the athletic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're so afraid of comments. I am afraid of comments. You know, there's like They've gone there's a way to so often in my ministry life. There's a way to just edit comments or like have a mod mod comments do you I really need a think mod. that your blogs are that controversial that people could I, write like i mean maybe i, I should hmm oh. <laughs> well maybe we should helen wolf should we turn on the comments on the blog i feel like people have gotten more like not necessarily i don't, I don't know anyway like this is tangential um any last thoughts before i close up so new year rate review and subscribe and just to let you know on spotify for those of you that take in our podcast feed on spotify as opposed to something like apple music itunes ipod whatever they call it the the apple platform <laughs> and if you're on spotify apple so podcasts apple podcasts <laughs> that's what i was looking for and on spotify you can now rate podcasts so i, I could you to, not before no you couldn't okay. so so i want everybody to know that i gave the first five star rating <laughs> to the liberty collingswood <laughs> podcast feed on spotify i'm currently looking so i i checked this morning it said there weren't enough people that gave it a rating for it for the rating to go public so let let's get a couple more spotify five stars why does the i I, we're not do i I want less stars or more stars i want more stars i feel like this podcast is not about necessarily like the quantity like you're we're not talking to random people are we like you're trying to like build a podcast network i'm just saying More stars better than better than less stars. You remember that time when Micah gave Give me the flare. a ton of stars? Oh yeah, that's right. Anyway. Yeah, pe- people like stars. You can just you gave yourself stars. You were inspired by your son. Okay. Am I am I hearing that you're committing to giving a five star rating I don't on know. the Spotify? I have to actually listen to this podcast oh, that's, in that order is. to like that's not true. I okay. I have listened a little bit <laughs> recently and I've decided I, I go on too many tangents. But Oh. Mm. Yeah. Okay, we'll pick pick that up next time. <laughs> and with that, how was it? That was amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Post Sunday Blues, a preaching post mortem, production of Liberty Collingswood. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe, and you can find all things Liberty Collingswood at libertycollingswood.org. No more post Sunday blues. Here comes some pre Sunday happy. Who knows for sure? I don't think you know me. I have heard that before.